Well, those fellows did a good job, didn't they? Man, awesome. Man, that was great. Well, take your Bible. Turn over to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 today, verse 19. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19. <clears throat> I'm going to talk to you a little bit today about sweet music. Sweet music. All right? <clears throat> so let's start here in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19. And the point of the uh, message isn't really going to be how we begin it, but I thought we would begin it in a way that we might learn something along the way. It's certainly not going to be uh, extensive in any way. It's not going to be uh, uh, in any way conclusive. It's just simply a good verse that I think kicks off your studies in this area of music. Now, let's go ahead and look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19. The Bible simply says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, I want you to notice verse 18 just above it. It says, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. It's almost as if we need to recognize and understand the essential aspect of the Spirit controlling us before we truly can produce or enjoy godly music. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. It's hard to do that if you're not walking in the Spirit, okay? That's what the implication seems to, to be here. And he goes on to say, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, again, the, the, the point of the message is not to speak about music and what's good or bad music. But I do want to touch on that just a little bit because I do think it's an area that we need to be extremely cautious concerning. First of all, the passage points out that the most important and the most dominant element in music is melody. I want you to see that again in the passage. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making harmony? No. Singing and making the beat? No. Singing and making what? Melody in your hearts to the Lord. In your heart to the Lord. So if we're going to look at uh, music today, if we'd take the time to look at it, there are basically three elements in music. There's going to be the melody, there's going to be harmony, there's going to be a beat. That's the basic foundation and basis for all music. It, it, really, is, it really just is. Now, you take, again, in the Bible, it seems to me, at least from this passage, and you're welcome to study it out, please do so. I would encourage you to do so. You're going to find that God's primary, primary element in music, the thing that ought to be dominant in music, is the melody. That's what we find in music. If your music is dominant in its beat, if your music is dominant in the harmony, if it's not the melody that stands out, that takes center stage, then your music is not spiritual. You say, that's too simple. Well, the Bible's not that complicated. It's just hard to follow sometimes. But the Bible's not complicated. God doesn't make it hard because he says that we're what? What's he say we are likened unto? Say it. I don't want to say it because I might get in trouble. I heard the other day it's not politically correct in churches to call people in the church sheep because that's a put down. That's what I heard. That's what I, that's what I heard. Now, again, you say, who'd you hear from? From another preacher, so what does that mean, right? <laughs> but the fact is, is that we are likened unto sheep in so many ways, and the truth is, is that we need to be very careful. God brings things down to our level. Matter of fact, not many wise are called. 
Not many, uh, in a sense, prominent are called. Not many educated are called, in a sense. We see in 1 Corinthians talking about those kind of things. The fact is that he talks to normal people like you and I. And so he makes it simple. And in this particular case, we find that the dominant element in music is melody. Turn, if you would, to Exodus chapter 32 as we begin to move forward now and try to understand a little bit about this. But notice Exodus chapter 32, verse 17. We know that Moses has gone up into the mount, and of course, he's, uh, the, the people of God, the Israelites, have been delivered already. Now we find him there getting the, the word of God. As a matter of fact, God's going to write on a tablet with his finger, and Moses is going to have that tablet as he descends out of the mount. Uh, unfortunately, before they make that descension, Joshua hears some noise, and as Moses comes out of that uh, specific place by himself, uh, Joshua's really upset. He's, he's concerned. And here's why he's concerned, Exodus 32, 17. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said unto Moses, there is a noise of war in the camp. There's a noise of war in the camp, Moses. And Moses says, it is not the voice of them that shout for mastery, neither is it the voice of them that cry for being overcome, but the noise of them that sing do I hear. Now, I don't know about you, but we're going to find when he ultimately makes his way down into the, the camp, he's going to find that they weren't just simply singing, they were dancing. They were having a, a big old blowout. I mean, here's this, this uh, golden calf that had been erected, that had been made, a, a, an idol, if you will, and they're dancing around. Woo! Woo! And he says, hey, what is it that I'm listening to here? Joshua says, well, of course, it's got to be war. Listen to that. They're screaming and crying out. And he says, it's not for mastery. It's not to win the victory. It's not because they're like, let's go after him. Come on, go forward, follow me. That wasn't what it was. And it wasn't this. It wasn't, ah. He says, what it is, is it's people singing. And when they get down there, they're dancing around. Now, wait a second. What's going on here? What's taking place? What that sound was, in essence, then was confusion because it it was not distinct. It wasn't wasn't a discerning sound. It didn't make a clear-cut sound. Moses had obviously recognized the sound from his upbringing, I would imagine. He had probably heard things like this in the past. He might have even had an old CD that he had stuck in his back pocket when he exited Egypt. And every once in a while, early on in his days, he'd pop it in and he'd be like, yo, what's up? You know, and then all of a sudden, as he recognized the fact that this is not Christ honoring, he got rid of it. But now, 40 years later, he's up there waiting to see. He's been on the backside of the desert for 40 years. And all of a sudden, he comes out of the mount, and here's Joshua frantic. And he says, hold on. That's the kind of sound I heard back in Egypt. That's the kind of thing I learned from my, my little parents down there in Egypt. Those are the things that I learned. And I'm telling you, this is not about warfare. This is about some music. Man, it was a mess. His keen ear and his godly wisdom enabled him to distinguish between that of war and that of worldliness. So the priority in music then is melody, because that was not what he heard. And again, that ought to be the dominant element. And so when the harmony or the beat supersede the melody, it is out of balance. Now the Israelites were not singing, All hail the power of Jesus' name, let angels prostrate fall. That wasn't what they were singing, obviously, right? That would have been pretty discernible. That isn't what they were doing. 
God is about order, but make no mistake, he is about his order. His order, not your order, not my order, not someone else's order. He's about his order. And someone says, yeah, but I like this. Well, you've created your own order. God's not about your order. He's about his order because he knows what we need more than anything else because he created us. He knows us. And by the way, God is always right. You can be confident in your way, but you can be confidently wrong. The Bible says there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So we can be right in our own eyes. We can believe ourselves to be doing what exactly what we ought to be doing. But the truth is, if it's not God's way, it's not his order, then it leads to real, a real mess in our lives. So get on board with God. Walk in his ways. You'll always end up well when you do that, and so will I. The sound of sweet music. The sound of sweet music, though. You know, sweet music brings to mind peace. It brings to mind calm and comfort and order. Now, there's all kinds of music in the world. We know this. There's all kinds of music even in the church, but if it's sweet music, it just kind of makes us... <sighs> Boy, don't we need that in our life today. As we look around the world in which we live, as we unfortunately, maybe even see our marriages and our families struggling, and we think, boy, if I could only come home and go, oh, sweet music. But it seems to be missing many times, doesn't it? See, these are the characteristics, these are the qualities, peace, calm, comfort, order. Those are the qualities that God intends for you and I to experience and to enjoy in our lives. He wants that for you. You say, but I like things crazy. I like them chaotic. Yeah, you do probably until you don't. Oh man, I mean, I'm all about, and we were talking about this in class. We had a question, you know, about uh, living by a schedule versus living by, by um, uh, spontaneity. Man, everybody likes a little spontaneity. Everybody likes a little excitement. Everybody likes something just off the cuff, a little different. Let me tell you something. There's, some, there's order and there's peace and there's comfort in that stability. And sweet music is what we're going to need if we're going to get through the hard times in life. And boy, let me tell you, there's some hard times right now. There's difficult times in the world in which we live. Even for believers today, it's not always easy. We need the sweet music that God alone can provide us. And that's what I want in my life. That's what you want in your life. We, we, listen, that's, that's what we want to characterize uh, our marriages by, this element in my marriage today. Oh my, there's sweet music in my marriage. There's a peace of mind there. There's calm, there's comfort, there's order. There's strength there. There's a refreshing, a renewing. That's how we want to describe our homes and our families and our relationships. So how do we experience and enjoy sweet music then? Let me give you just two simple thoughts today, okay? Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we come to you. We thank you for all you do for us. We desperately need you. We pray that you would just uh, work in our lives and help us. Lord, in my life, in every life represented here, there's going to be storms and difficulties. Help us, Lord, to experience sweet music. Help us to recognize how to find that and to, to do that. Now, Lord, we desperately need you. We're praying, Father, for your leadership in our life. And we just ask that, Father, if there be any that are lost without Jesus Christ, that are living under the condemnation of sin, we pray, Lord, that they would find the escape, the Lord Jesus, and that they'd receive and accept him, that their sin might be paid in full. 
and that they too will have a home in heaven. Father, we love you. We need you. In Christ's name, amen. So how do we experience and enjoy sweet music? Well, I'm going to give you just a couple of quick, quick, simple things. First of all, this is the first thing. You have to hit the right notes. If you're going to experience sweet music, you have to hit the right notes. Now, I'm not a pianist, but that's a C chord. That's nice. I like that right there. But if I add this, wait a second. I hit a wrong note, didn't I? Can I tell you, that's not very sweet music when I hit the wrong note. When I hit the right note, boy, that's, oh yeah, that feels good. Right? Big difference. And can I tell you, if you're going to experience sweet music in your life, you have to hit the right notes. Sometimes we look at our life and we say, why is everything so chaotic? Why is it so confusing? Why is everything going awry? Maybe we're not hitting the right notes. Let me give you just a couple of the notes that we probably need to hit if indeed we're going to recognize and understand and experience this sweet music. Number one, the presence of God in your life. You got to hit the right note. Psalm 1611 says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. You know, if you are not hitting the note of the presence of God in your life, if you're not emphasizing the presence of God in your life, if that's not a priority in your life, the greatest priority in your life, the very presence of God, the pursuit of Jesus Christ, my friend, let me tell you, you're hitting the wrong note and you're going to get something that does not sound too nice. It's not going to turn out the way you want. It's not going to bring you the peace, the comfort, the strength, and the calm that you're seeking in your life. There's going to be chaos and confusion when you hit the wrong note. Boy, you got to hit the right notes. And the first one and the most important is the, is the presence of God in your life, the pursuit of God in your life. I mean, how much time did you spend this week pursuing God, chasing after God, Isn't it amazing how when we find that little girl or we find that boy in our life or we find even a woman or a a man in our life as we move forward, and man, how we pursue them. We spend time and energy and finances and all kind of effort to obtain them and to gather them up and to make them ours. But when it comes to our relationship with Christ, we're like, well, I didn't have time to read this week. I have time to pray this week. I didn't have time to go to church this week. I didn't have time to study the scriptures this week. I didn't have time to memorize the word of God. I mean, it's, a, it's important to me. Oh, yes, it's important. I, I'm telling you that right now. I believe that you need a relationship with Jesus. I just don't work at it that hard because I've got so many other pursuits that I have neglected this one. Let me tell you something. If you're going to experience sweet music in your life, in your family, your marriage, your relationships, you have to hit the right notes. And my friend, you have to make sure that you're hitting the note of the presence and the pursuit of God in your life. You have to. It is a prerequisite. It's absolutely necessary. It is impossible to experience the kind of music that you are seeking without him in your life. Especially as a believer. Because you have been wired for spiritual things now. He is the only one that can truly bring satisfaction and fulfillment in your life. Oh, you can find temporary, but you'll not find permanent elsewhere. The music will go sour sooner or later if you don't hit the right notes. And number one is the presence of God, the pursuit of God, if you will. 
Number two, purity. Talking about hitting the right notes so that we can experience and enjoy sweet music in our life. Boy, how many times have we neglected the area of purity in our life? Turn, if you would, to Psalm chapter 24. Psalm chapter 24. This message is real simple. I know it is. I know. I know for you Bible scholars out there, you're over there going, wow, I could have preached this easy. Yeah, you could have probably. I don't doubt that a bit. But boy, let me ask you, don't we need it? Boy, I want sweet music in my life. I know you do too. Notice we need the presence and the pursuit of God. But number two, we need purity in our life. We got to hit the right key, and purity is one of those keys. It's going to produce a sweet sound. Psalm 24, verses 3 and 4. Who shall ascend into the hill of God? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. Wow. Clean hands and a pure heart. We like to say those things, but boy, to do them is tough, isn't it? In the world in which you and I live today, let's be honest, there's a lot of impurity. There's a lot of things that are elevated and uh, lifted up in our culture and our society that don't aid us in this endeavor. Clean hands and a pure heart. Wow. Man, if you want sweet music in your life, you're going to have to deal with those impurities. You're going to have to deal with that sin that so easily besets you. You're going to have to deal with the lust in your life. You have to deal with the, the desire for the things of the world in your life. You've got to crucify the flesh, and I've got to crucify the flesh. There's things you can't watch. There's things we can't listen to. There's things we can't go do. There's things people we can't be with. We've got to be careful. We've got to stay pure if we want a sweet sound in our marriage, our lives, our families, our homes, our churches, then we better hit the right keys. Man, we've got to be careful that we're hitting the right notes. The presence or pursuit of God, the purity, and number three, righteousness. You say, well, that's pretty much the same. Well, I don't know if it's the same, but what I know is I need a double dose because I struggle with these. Righteousness, Proverbs 21, 21. Go ahead and look at that one. Notice again what, the, what it produces in our life. And this is important because as we look at Scripture, we recognize that righteousness produces something. Again, we're talking about the right chord. We're talking about sweet music. You've got to hit the right notes. And let me tell you, righteousness is part of that. You have to, I have to make sure that I'm striking the right note and it's righteousness. Watch it, Proverbs 21, 21. He that followeth after righteousness and mercy findeth life, righteousness, and honor. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to find life, righteousness, and honor. Man, that sounds like a good deal to me, but I got to follow after righteousness and mercy. But righteousness, I, let, me, let, me, let me say, we have got to work at this thing. We can't just assume we're going to be pure. We can't assume we're going to be righteous. We can't just say, well, I'm a Christian now, so God's in charge of the righteousness department. And he is, but he's not in charge of your personal righteousness. You choose what side you're going to travel, what road you're going to take. 
Oh, I know you'll stand before God clean. I get that. I understand your sin is as far as the east is from the west. I understand that. But let me tell you, we're not talking about your relationship. We're talking about your fellowship. And I can guarantee you this. There's only going to be friction between you and God if you don't align your relationship and your fellowship. You've got to have the actions that follow what God has done in your life. And it ought to be there. It ought to be evident. We have got to strive to be righteous in the sight of a holy God. Because that's what we're dealing with. Purity and righteousness, holiness, if you will. You want, a beautiful, you want to make beautiful music? You want to have a wonderful, uh, a, a sweet sound in your life, a sweet sound in your home, your family, your relationships? The presence of God and the pursuit of God. The purity, the righteousness. Number four, humility. Humility. You'll notice that the things we're addressing today aren't do this and do that because that's the thing that people get turned off by, right? You say, there's just a bunch of rules at that church. Well, I'm not giving you rules. I'm giving you qualities and characteristics. Let me ask you something. I don't know about you, but I think it'd be a lot easier to live up to a rule than to have to live up to these characteristics and qualities. It's funny because it's easier for you to tell me just empty the trash and uh, kick that door open at the end of service and stand in the choir at this particular time, sing this song. I go, yeah, I can do all that stuff. That makes me righteous. That makes me pure. That makes me in the pursuit or presence of God. Uh, well, if, if that's what it's being taught and said to be done, then no, that's not really true. The fact is, though, it's a lot easier to do those things than to say, oh, by the way, you need to be in the presence of God and pursue God. Oh, you need purity in your life. You need righteousness in your life. You need humility in your life. Wow. You kidding me? You mean that's all my responsibility? Yep. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but, and here's the thing. As we noted already, without those notes... No sweet music. Look at Proverbs 22.4 says, By humility and fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life again. This time he throws riches in. I don't know. How many are in pursuit of some riches? We talked about that the other day in one of our services, how, how misunderstood this, 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 this money can be and how deceptive it can be and the pursuit of it and the love of it is a mess. But let me tell you something. God says, just like he did to uh, uh, Solomon, he says, you ask for the right things. You pursue the right things. You, you have the right priorities in your life. Guess what? I'm really good about throwing everything in your way. And it may even be riches. And in this case, it doesn't necessarily have to just be riches, although that's in the Old Testament what it did mean. But in the New Testament, that translates to all kinds of spiritual blessing in your life as well. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Man, that's a sweet chord. That's some sweet music. Finally, number five, because we could go on a long time with this one, couldn't we? Obedience. Proverbs chapter three, or excuse me, Proverbs three, yes, obedience. Again, we're talking about making sweet music. We're talking about allowing it in our life and in our home and in our family and in our relationships I want sweet music. I want to be able to go to my home and have a seat and just, this is so wonderful, so peaceful, so comforting, so uplifting. Man, I need that when I exit the world in which we live today. 
Man, I want my relationship with my wife not to be a constant battle. And I want there to be peace there and sweetness and I want there to be a calming and I want us to be able to be strong together, grow together and be strengthened together. Obedience. Proverbs 3, 1 and 2. He says, my son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. We have this book of Proverbs and we know that although there's a dad talking to his son, we know there's a heavenly father talking to his children. And he says here in the passage, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. That's obedience. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Man, we are, it is horrible, it is tragic to watch as young people grow up today without hope of tomorrow. I don't, I don't even, I can't even imagine it. I can't even wrap my mind around a nine-year-old that wants to take their life. I can't wrap my mind around 10 and 12-year-olds who say, man, I don't even want to live anymore. Not to mention all the, the parents and all the, the, the singles and all the people that should see their whole life ahead of them, so to speak, and be encouraged by the hope of that. No, instead we're discouraged and we're down in the dumps and we're so, so miserable in many cases. Man, we need some sweet music. You know what that sweet music, in order to find it, you have to hit the right notes. You have to hit the right notes. It doesn't work if you don't hit the right notes. Man, the right notes sound so good. Wow, what a difference. And you know what, sadly enough today, we are a people, if not careful, that are very prone to neglecting the right notes and hitting the notes that we're comfortable hitting. You know, I took some piano when I was younger. Not a lot, but I took a little bit. You know what I found? There were some, they, they call them fingerings. You know, you got to get your hands placed just right on a keyboard in order to make the right chord, in order to switch to the next chord. There were some that I just didn't like because it was hard to get to them. My fingers didn't stretch right. I, I can't even bend my hand back any further than that. Isn't that something? They never called me Gumby Boy. I, I'm so tight that, man, if, if you cut my wrist right now, it'd probably knock a hole through the ceiling. Pew, shoot right off. And when I'm trying to play the piano and stuff, I'm so weird trying to reach these chords and just get the right sound and the right transition. You know what? I found a lot easier to do it my own way. But you know what my teacher always realized? I was missing a note or I wasn't hitting the right one from time to time. Can I tell you, we can't, we can't make up our minds to do things our way. We've got to do them his way. If you don't hit the right notes, it ain't going to sound sweet. And sadly today, there's a lot of music in our homes and music in our lives and music in our relationships that is not sweet today. It's as confusing and chaotic and uncomfortable as the world is. We come home looking for a little heaven on earth and we just find the earth and the world there again. Man, I'll tell you, you've got to hit the right notes. The devil has a bunch of options out there for every one of us. Boy, the options are great. Hey, teenagers, let me ask you, has the devil got a lot of options for you that don't please God, how to live and what to do and where to go and who to be with? 
Absolutely he does. By the way, can I tell you, young people, adults deal with the same problems. Now, we like to admit, you know, believe that we're over some of that. You know, we're more mature. We can handle it. We can't handle nothing. We're just like the teenagers, and we better make sure we're hitting the right notes. Number two, and the last one is this. You must hit the right notes, and, and, and don't jump to conclusions yet. Let me explain what I'm trying to say here. You must hit the right notes at the same time. Now, again, I know, I know, I know, I didn't even do that. When I first came over here, you know, I hit a C note, you know, and a C chord, and I said, okay. But notice, that's the whole chord, right? You got to hit them all together if you want the sound, the, the chord to resonate, if you really want that sweetness of it. Oh, one at a time sounds good. But if you want just sweet music all the time, you got to hit them all together. You need them all firing at the same time. Boy, how many times do we find ourselves hitting the right note but not hitting the right chord or playing a chord? You say, what do you mean? Well, C.S. Lewis said, integrity is doing the right thing even when no one is watching. It's important that you and I hit the notes together, that we're always firing on all cylinders, that we're doing everything at the same time. Now, there's no doubt as a baby Christian, you have to take steps, and I get that. And you take the first step, C. You take the next step, E. You take the next step, G. C chord. And you go, whoa! If you've been a Christian any length of time, you already know what the notes are. You don't have to go back and figure out what the notes are. You don't have to ask yourself, well, should I pursue the presence and the pursuit of God? Should I, should I be after purity? Should I be walking in righteousness? Should I be exhibiting humility? Should I be obedient? You already know what the, chords, the, the notes are. You just got to hit the chord now. You know what you and I are prone to doing? Well, this week, I'm going to pursue God. Next week, I'll try to work on humility. And then, you know, I was really struggling with those. So, you know, I've not been real obedient, though, in the midst of all this. So I'll try to be obedient this week. And we never hit the whole thing at once. We're always like hit and miss. We're all over the keyboard. It doesn't make sweet music unless you hit it all together. You got to get firing on all cylinders. And so do I. So what do you mean? Well, I'm talking about being consistent then. Inconsistency in your life will affect the sound of the music. It'll create a hollowness, a shallowness. You want that full sound. You want that comforting sound. You want that sweet music. But you got to be consistent. You need to be consistent in trials. Trials? Oh, you'll have them. If you were in Sunday school today, you learned that Sometimes God allows trials in your life. Turn to James chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. But we got to be consistent in trials. We're talking with the singles, and, and, and it's honestly, let's be honest, sometimes those trials have a tendency to cause you and I to take a step backwards in our Christian life. Man, we run into a mess financially. We run into a mess relationally. We find ourselves in the midst of a difficult time, whether it's with our health or our, 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 our relationships, and we start, whoa. I, I just, I'm, I'm just freezing up here, man. 
I, I, I got to just step back. I got to take a breath. I can't keep going forward now for God. I mean, what you doing, God? Why are you even allowing this to happen? And that, listen, that's not a bad question. I mean, you're allowed to ask God that question as long as you ask it with the right spirit. But my, why do we step backwards when trials come? He says, you got to be consistent. You got to keep playing the chords. You got to keep going forward. You can't stop being pure and you can't stop being, being uh, uh, righteous and exhibiting humility and obedience just because troubles come in your life, because trials come. Well, you know what? Before this trial, I was fine, but I can't come now. I mean, I'm not going to church while this is going on in my life. What? What? You could be there, but you won't be there? What? No wonder there's no sweetness in your life. No wonder you're struggling with the music. Man, you've got to be consistent in trial. James 1, verses 1 through 4. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, of the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. James says, listen, I'm talking to you 12 tribes. I'm talking to you Israelites who have now know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. I know that the Judaizers have trampled your rights, and I know they've sought for your life, and I know that Rome itself, pagan Rome, is on search for you, seeking to destroy you, your families, and the faith. I know you're being persecuted like nobody's business, and I know that even you're being sent to the gallows and into the, 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 into the, the Colosseum. I know all of that. My brethren, verse 2, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. He's talking about trials that bring temptation to our life, things that would cause us to freeze up, things that would cause us to stop moving forward, things that would cause us to question God's love and his mercy and his grace in our lives. He says, count it all joy. And I think, wow, how could they do that? He says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Boy, I'll tell you what, can I tell you one thing that will bring sweet music to your life like nobody's business? Here it is. Listen closely. Contentment. Man, when you get content where you're at, when you finally say, you know what, Lord, I don't know what's going on in my life or why I'm here, but Lord, if you have ordained it, I'm okay with it. And whether I've got a big house, a nice car, or whether things are going the way I'd like even in my health, Lord, I'm content with whatsoever state I am. Man, if you can get there and if I can get there, and I say if because that's a lot easier said than done. You know what you'll find? You know what you'll hear? Sweet music. Sweet music. We got to be consistent in trial, though. Well, I used to go to church, and I used to pray, and I used to teach, and I used to. Well, why aren't you now? Well, you don't know what I had to go through, and then I ran into a, a you know, a, 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 a bad situation, and somebody was gossiping about me, and somebody said some bad things, and, and I just believe everybody's looking at me cross-eyed, and I, I'm telling you right now, I ran into a, 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 meat mach- a, a meat grinder in my health, and I got all messed up, and I thought God was supposed to be there for me, and now I don't see evidence of Him in my life. I'm done with that. I'm finished with that. I've been there. I tried it out, and it don't work. That's why you don't have sweet music, because you stop playing the right notes at the same time. 
You don't have any sweet music in your life. You can pretend to, but you don't. Not if you're a believer, you don't. Consistency in trial. And then consistency in temptation itself. Daniel chapter 1. You know the story. Daniel, of course, is taken captive, taken to Babylon. And, and, and the best of the best were taken to Babylon. In this case, separated from family and loved ones. Man, he didn't have mom and dad anymore. He didn't have his brothers or sisters with him. He was separated there from his family. Many t- and, 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 and there's a good possibility that mom and dad were killed. There's a good possibility they were trampled upon. There's a good possibility if they aren't dead, they're under sl- in slavery and in bondage right now. But I can tell you this, Daniel still believes in the Lord Jesus. Daniel's still strong and steadfast. Daniel's not going to give in or give up. And the Bible says that when they took him and he ultimately said, we're going to groom him to work in our kingdom. And the Bible says in the king, verse 3, spake unto Esvenstenaz, yeah, the master of his eunuchs, and he should bring certain of the children of Israel and the king's seed and of the princes. Verse 5, and the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank. So nourished them three years that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. So he said, listen, I'm going to give you that meat that's offered to idols, the very best we have. I'm going to give you that wine that's been blessed by the priest. And you're going to eat the best that we have in Babylon. And Daniel says, whoa, 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 wait a second. I don't eat meat offered to idols. And I'm not going to drink something that's been blessed by a, by, a, by a pagan priest. I'll tell you what, you just go ahead and give me the, the bare minimum. You just, do the, you just give me what, I can, what you have left over. I'll take whatever you've got, but I will not, I will not defile myself that way. He said, I'm going to keep hitting the right chords. Even though it seems I'll suffer, I'm going to keep hitting the right chords. And I'm going to hit them together. I'm not going to give up on my purity. I'm not going to give up on my my pursuit of God. I'm not going to give up on my righteousness. I'm not going to give up on my humility or my obedience. I'm going to stay faithful and keep hitting the chords because I want sweet music in my life, and I know God's the only one that can provide it. He was consistent in temptation. We've got to be consistent in trial, consistent in temptation, and finally consistent today. Just in everyday life, just consistent. John chapter 10 verse 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Do you know his voice? And do you follow him every day? Man, it's, it's easy to say I follow the Lord. But he's standing there at the gas pump, and he says, Give a track to that guy over there. Share the gospel with him. You don't necessarily have to even tell him the gospel. Just hand it to him. And you go, eh, I don't think so. Eh, that's kind of, that puts me in a real rough spot. They may think I'm weird. Well, we're not being very consistent, are we? We stop hitting the cord at the same time. We stop being obedient at that moment. And we wonder why there's this uncomfortableness inside, this conviction that grips our heart. Eventually we get over it, and eventually we get good even at saying no to God if we're not careful. Boy, we got to be consistent today. Every day of your life, every day of our lives, we have to be consistent in obedience to the Lord, consistent in pursuing Christ, consistent in all of these areas. can't afford to be hit and miss because it's going to affect the music and that music 
It's going to bring peace and calm, comfort, order, and joy to our life. I want that, and I know you do too. So you must hit the right notes. You've got to hit the right notes at the same time. David Livingston was a great preacher, a man of God. He spent his life in Africa trying to reach the Africans for Christ. He began his trek across Africa in 1852, and he carried 73 books, which in total weighed about 180 pounds. Now, of course, he didn't carry them on his back, you know. That's not the implication, but he was carrying them across Africa. Can I tell you, there's some pretty tough terrain in Africa. There's jungles there, you know. There's all kind of crazy stuff there, like animals and bugs that are bigger than our heads. So in 1852, he carried about 73 books, which together weighed about 180 pounds, and he had gone about 300 miles. And he's like, man, i got to get rid of some of these books. They're just too much to carry. They're not serving a, a, a big enough purpose. So he got rid of some of the books because he realized it just wasn't worth carrying them through the jungle. And it seemed that along the way, from time to time, he'd say, man, I haven't used that book enough to make it worthwhile. Man, it's getting heavy. My, 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 my animals and, and those that are helping me through the jungle, there's no way we can continue to carry these. And he'd throw another book out and another book out and another book out and another book out until finally there was only one book left. And that book was the Bible. He didn't throw that one away. Of all the books that he had in his library, he knew that he had to have the Word of God. The Bible is truly the most important book in the world. Man, if we hope to enjoy sweet music, we're only going to find it in His Word. This is the key right here. It's, it is the only means by which we truly will experience the sweet music that you and I long for. Man, as troubles and trials come into our life, we're going to find that other books and resources leave us wanting. Only God and His Word bring the sweet music that we seek. Hit the right notes. And hit the right notes at the same time. And you'll know sweet music in your life. And so will I. I wonder, do you know Christ is your Savior? Do you? Because honestly, no matter how sweet things may seem right at the moment, there is a reckoning day. The Bible says, as it is appointed unto men once to die, after this the judgment. Do you realize that we all have an appointment with death? That is an appointment we will keep. Man, I am so frustrated today. You go to a restaurant and you think, I'm going to sit down and eat me a meal. And you get there and they go, closed. Not enough staff and workers. I'm so disappointed. I had gotten my hopes up. But when God says, you have an appointment with death, You won't come to the edge of death and then him go, oh, we're closed for business today. You got an extra day. No, you'll keep that appointment. So will I. 
I wonder, do you know for sure when you die, you'll be in heaven with the Lord? You know for sure that he's your God and that you received and accepted his son as your Lord and Savior? The Bible says, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. You have to receive him to become the son of God. We're all the creation of God, but we're not all the children of God. We're the children of God, what? By faith in Christ Jesus. I want to encourage you, if you've never received Christ, if you've never acknowledged your sin before God who's holy and said, I deserve the punishment for my sin. I'm the one that should have hung on the cross, Jesus, and I thank you for taking my place and paying for my sin. I asked you to forgive me, come into my life and save my sin-sick soul. Receive me unto yourself. Take me to heaven one day, Lord. I know only you can do that. I have nothing good to offer you. He'll hear you. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Today, you make that choice. But there is no greater decision to make in light of sweet music. You have to know Christ if in the end you want to hear sweet music for eternity. But as a believer today, will you hit the right notes and will you hit them at the same time and be consistent? If you will, you will experience sweet music in your life, your marriage, your home, your family. It'll be sweet. But you got to do things his way. Father, we thank you for this time together. We're grateful for all you've done. Now bless us in this time of invitation, as we call it. We ask that as we invite people to make decision on behalf of you and the message that they heard, that they would do so at this time. I pray, Lord, that as a believer, if we've not been firing on all cylinders, if we know what the right notes are, but we haven't been hitting them together and creating that sweet music, that we would hit them all at the same time, that we would get firing on the word of God, that we would truly make purity and righteousness, humility, the pursuit of God, and obedience important in our life. Oh Lord, we'll thank you for it. And for the lost, may they recognize their need to trust Jesus. Let's all stand, every head bowed, every eye closed as the music